In any life, we have highs and lows, light and dark, wins and losses. What happens when we encounter that moment in time when what happens next could change everything? Join us as we step into another person's inspirational moment and see how we can connect their experience to ours. This is Greg Stevens, and you're listening to A Shot of Inspiration. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Stevens, your host for another shot of inspiration. Today, we have a really good friend of mine, Stacy Byswinger. And Stacy is the leader of HR for Steel Dynamics. And Steel Dynamics is probably one of the largest um, steel companies in the United States. And I've had the opportunity to work with Stacy for several years now. And Stacy, what I love about Stacy, she lives what she teaches. She cares about the people she's working with, and she's someone I've come across that she really is a leader in what she does. She really takes a personal interest, and Stacy, so glad to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us this week. Thank you. Good to be now, here. I'd like to talk a little about how we met was you decided to have crucial conversations as a part of your organization's training and development. And I got lucky and fell into getting to train with you. And then you also, uh, for years later, some of your groups wanted a safety mentoring program that we were able to create, we were able to create for you. And I just want to find out as we've done those uh, projects and those programs, what has been the effect on your organization as far as people applying what they learn and business results around crucial conversations and uh, creating safety in the workplace. Yeah, I think that sometimes as employers, you put folks in leadership roles and and you assume they have the skills. And the, the real truth is we all can use skill development every single day and we can take something away. And I can remember when we started with crucial conversations, just the framework of the way that the, we set it up and we rolled it out, teaching people skills that they didn't have before. 90 days later, we surveyed those folks and we said, uh, how are you using these skills? And it would bring tears to my eyes when I would read of maybe they'd had a conversation with their spouse they'd never been able to have before. Uh, and maybe that was around financial issues that always ended in an argument in this time. Maybe it was a, a conversation with their child that they had never been able to have. Or their boss. How do I approach my boss? How do I have that conversation? And so just seeing that we were affecting them personally and professionally, that was a real win because we all know that everybody doesn't leave uh, family life at the door. They bring it with them. So knowing that their home life was better just made them an all-around better employee and it made the workplace better. We're so grateful for that. And then we moved on to a mentoring program. and. With a mentoring program, I think we started with how do you shake somebody's hand? How do you make eye contact? How do you get people comfortable to talk to each other? How do you stay in dialogue? These aren't just skills for the workplace. These are skills for life. Uh, and, and that's, you know, to me, that's what's important. If you can apply it in the workplace, it's great. But if you can take it with you and you're using it in your family and you're in the community, that's what it's about. And I love that about you because you're looking at the entire person and one of the things I've noticed when I come and work with your groups, we're working with a lot of steel workers that are on a plant floor. They show up on time for the training. If we're doing virtual, 
they're in their seats. It's the only organization that I work with. We've actually got to start early consistently because everyone's there. Everyone keeps their cameras on, questions throughout the day. And unlike some of my other uh, programs that we teach, you don't do a two and a half hour because it doesn't work for your organization. You do the entire day, sometimes virtually, sometimes live. But I'm just amazed at the intention that people show up to training to actually come to learn something. I see that you've created it in leadership. Could you give us some insight into what you do to try to create that for people? Yeah, I think it's all in the messaging. I think that's a big part of it. Every course that we've rolled out at the company, it's vetted through senior leadership. The employees know that this is important. It's not going to touch you uh, until it goes through senior leadership. So the skills that we're teaching you, we feel are very valuable. So while we're teaching these very valuable skills, the other side of that is we put very engaging facilitators in front of them. And, and Greg, I would tell you, you're one of the best. They know when they show up to class that the expectation is they're going to be on time, but you're going to be on time. You're going to be ready to go. It's going to be a full day. And uh, there's not going to be a question that you can't answer for them. And if you can't answer it in that moment, you're going to get back to them. And, and you know, what I love the most about you is you, you immediately put your name and number on, on the board and you say, hey, if you have a question, I'm available to you. That's a big deal. They know you care. It's not, I'm here today. Good luck with what you've learned. It's, hey, when you're stuck, call me. And to me, it's about relationships. And they know they're going to see you again and the relationships is there and that they can call on you. And I know that several have, and we appreciate that. We appreciate that relationship. And I appreciate you trusting me with that, with your people. I also love that last year's, I think, October issue of Iron and Steel Technology, you were the cover person and it said women in steel. So it's about women in the steel industry. And you had the cover. Tell me a little about how that came about. And uh, I love that you were there as like superwoman because <laughs> that's who you are to me. You're just really, you're powerful. You get out and you make a difference. So tell me how that uh, all came about. Um, so I've been working uh, in the steel industry now for almost 25 years. Uh, always had a role in, in some HR capacity. Uh, currently, I oversee training and development. Uh, for Steel Dynamics. And I've sat on scholarship committees and other student-type organizations uh, through the AIST. And they came to me and asked if they could feature me in the article, which was truly a privilege. There are, are so many great women uh, in the industry. It was a privilege. And uh, for me, uh, the biggest thing is I didn't get here by myself. There were a lot of strong individuals around me that were there beside me along the way. It would be crazy to say, boy, that was about me. That was really a thank you uh, to the people who've supported me uh, from the beginning and believed in me. When I didn't believe in myself, they encouraged me and believed in me. So it was more my way of saying, hey, thank you for everybody that's walked alongside me in this great business that we're in. I love that. And that's just who you are. You're giving credit to others, which I love because Leaders don't make it by themselves. They always need support. And the acknowledgement of that, I just thank you for that. Uh, it's interesting because most people see you at that space, but they don't know what it took to get there. <laughs> and let's talk about how you got to the position you're in. When you went to college, you 
didn't go right away. You went a little later in life. So let's talk about that because to me, that's inspiring because you saw something. You didn't just stop where you were. You've kept going. And that's what I know about you. You're a continual learner. You're always uh, looking to uh, improve something. So let's talk about your journey, how you got to where you are today. Yes. Right after high school, I went to a technical college here in Fort Wayne, which is so interesting to me. We now partner with that college for our apprenticeship program. But I went for uh, one year to college, got a degree, a technical degree. And back in the day, they called it secretarial sciences and went right to work. Uh, always desired to work in some type of administrative role. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. And I was actually working at our local high school in the small town that I, I live in. When Steel Dynamics, it was announced they were going to be coming to our county, which was a big deal. We knew that they, they were going to have great jobs and it was going to be life-changing for many people. So I said to somebody, hey, I'm going to apply to work there. And everybody was. And so the day that they were holding their application day, and they only held one application day. And so that was your shot at it. And I had already committed. I was leading a group of young girls and we would do philanthropic work. Uh, once a month, and we were raking leaves for the elderly. And so I could not go at the, the opening. People were standing in line for hours. I couldn't go. I waited and I was there, I think, an hour before they closed the application day. 1,600 people stood in line that day. When they brought me up for my first interview, we had people line up at five o'clock in the morning. Why did you wait to show up at 3 p.m.? It, it, it didn't seem that it was that important to you to be there early. And I said, I had a group of 75 girls that I'd made a commitment to. And I couldn't tell them I can't be there for you because they were showing up to help me that day too. And so I, I went ahead with my commitment and I'm here now and I hope that's okay. So I was hired a few weeks later, I was hired and I started in a payroll position. And while I enjoyed that position, I quickly looked around and realized if I want to move up in this company, I'm going to need to go back to school. So I worked in the role for a while. And about the age of 40, I decided to go back to school and get a bachelor's degree. It was scary. It was very scary. I'd been out of the classroom a long time. Uh, I was married. My son uh, was in elementary school. So I had a lot of family commitment. And my advice to anybody would be never think that, well, too much time has passed or I can't do that. Start with one class. Uh, don't start with a semester full of classes. Start with one class and see how that goes. And that's exactly what I did. I started with one class, earned my bachelor's degree in management and went on and got my MBA in human resources. Love that. I love that. And I know there are many barriers along the way with family and probably being tired at the time trying to keep everything rolling. Walk us through what started to happen with your career as you did that, though, because I know there's probably a difficult path. Share with us how the career path went. I'd love to hear about you. Also, folks, Stacy has run eight marathons and she didn't start running till later in life. So I'd like to hear a little about that as well. Yes, it was interesting. So many people said to me, to use your degree, you're going to need to leave this company. And, and I, I just like to tell you, don't ever be disturbed by the naysayer out there. Uh, a positive attitude will do a lot for you. Uh, but they said, you're, you're always going to be uh, viewed as that uh, clerical worker. So you're going to, to leave the company and, and find a different company. And 
I was never bothered by that. Uh, I always thought my my path is probably predetermined. Uh, so if I work hard, uh, doors will open. And it was so interesting as I was finishing up uh, my bachelor's degree, the company was growing. And so opportunities uh, came to me. I was working for one of the founders of the company and he said to me, he was going to move on to our corporate office. And he said, I can take you with me and you can be my administrative assistant for the rest of your time here, or you can go on and do other things because I think you have higher aspirations. Uh, I'd moved from payroll to administrative assistant for a general manager because he had incredible people skills and I wanted to learn those. I felt like being with him, I could learn those. So I had moved from payroll to administrative assistant. So from there, I moved into a business development role working with our fabrication facility. So I got to know more about fabrication. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. Then I finished my MBA in human resources and Omnisource, which happens to be our metals recycling platform, had an opening. I was boots on the ground HR for two years out there. And I would tell you, it was like starting over, but with the comfort of the, the company that you know. But with each platform transfer, I had to earn my wings again. I had to earn credibility from people. I would tell you that's when I really uh, started to recognize asking questions and just getting to know about people and building those relationships. Those were the things that mattered. And that's how my career took off. I had worked in all the platforms and I received a call back from the VP of HR and they said, hey, the person that's doing this development role now is going to be leaving. We think you'd be a good fit. I said, I'm really loving operations. They said, we think that you'd be a good fit for this. I came back and I've really enjoyed my time in development and just working with folks and seeing their eyes open to new things and skills. And it's been great. That's awesome. So now, you were talking about a GM you worked for that taught you who's really had great people skills. What are a couple of things that you really learned from him that you've rolled out in your career or just maybe in uh, your personal life as well? Yeah, he always took the time to listen. And someone could come to his door at, at any time throughout the day and it was open. There was never a time his door wasn't open and it didn't matter what the issue was. He took time to listen to them. And if, if he didn't understand, he would say, let me grab my hard hat and let's walk out there and you show me. Those things uh, made such a difference, uh, taking the time and just really uh, investing in people. It was a great experience. I can see that in you. I, you have taken that on because you do listen to understand. Most people are listening to put their two cents in. You do listen to understand. So I truly believe you took that on and rolled that out in your life. I do know you love to run. We talk about that each time. Tell us a little about your personal life and why you picked up running, when you did, and why eight marathons. My wife's run one. She said, oh, she'll never do that again. Share with us a little about that side, because I, I think you have a little passion around that. Yeah, I was mid-30s and working a full-time job. And the working a full-time job, raising a family, you need an outlet, right? You've got to relieve stress somehow. So I read an article. I was walking at the time uh, for exercise every evening, and I read an article that you could run and save time. If you're walking and you're walking for four miles, you could run for four miles and, and do it in half the time. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a great time saver. 
uh, little did I know that I would get hooked. And I did. I was working at our steel mill in Columbia City. There was a young gal that was working for the summer and she wanted to run a 5K. She said, would you run this 5K with me? Neither one of us even knew what a 5K was. We didn't even know how many miles it was. We thought a 5K was two miles. The night before the race, we learn it's three. And we were only able to go two. I said, I think when we get there, we'll be able to go three. And if not, we run two, we walk one. And so it started with a 5K. And then the next, it was a 10K and then a half marathon. And when I ran a half marathon, I ran alongside some folks, met them along the way. And I started seeing them at races. It was a husband and a wife. And I started seeing him at races. And she said to me one day, hey, I would love to run a marathon, but my husband has no desire to do that. Would you be willing to train with me? And I said, absolutely. So I ran uh, my first marathon at, in Chicago and it was great. My goal was uh, to finish in four hours. I finished in 358 and it, it was awesome. So I, I later uh, went on and ran few other marathons, ended up qualifying, ran the Boston Marathon in 2000. A few years ago, my daughter-in-law and I started running together and uh, we went to Disney and ran the Disney Marathon. Uh, what an awesome experience. Uh, Disney does it right. Uh, so we ran the Disney Marathon and we decided if we ever went back, we were going to do the Disney Dopey. And the Dopey is you do uh, several races in four days. So you do a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a full marathon in four days. Uh, so each morning you get up, you run a race. Uh, so we did that together. And I say that was my grand finale because I haven't done anything since then. It was a great experience. I do short distance running now, but I haven't done anything uh, like that since then. But it was an awesome experience. Let me ask you, uh, that first marathon, you did it. I love it. You did it in two minutes under is in Chicago. Uh, and then you said that Disney did it right. But wasn't it a lot hotter in Orlando when you went and ran than it was would have been in Chicago? The first marathon I ran, the temperatures were unseasonably high. So believe it or not, the Disney marathon and my running in Disney and running in Chicago, the temperature was about the same. So interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what was so different about Disney? Is it just how they had it set up and how they set people up and in preparation during the race? Yeah, it's a well-oiled machine. Everything from the way that they bust you to the the starting point to characters along the way that you can get your picture taken with if you choose to, to the finish line where you get the box snack before you get back on the bus. They do it well. That's great. As our listeners can tell that you take on new things. A lot of people, when they see something, they let, let fear take over. What has helped you step into that unknown? Because even as they ask you to do different things at work and even the marathons or going to college late, what has helped you step into that unknown? Yeah, I'm a proclaimed Jesus follower. And I honestly believe that you're never going to take on anything that it's not Jesus led. When I have a, a feeling of, hey, you can do this. I'm not doing this alone. Uh, I truly believe he equips those that he calls. And so if you are called to do that, you are going to be equipped. It's amazing to me, individuals that are paralyzed by fear and they just, they can't try it. It saddens me. I just recently took a college class. It was a biblical leadership class. So here I am, much older, uh, nearly 58 and taking a class again. 
I, I would tell you the technology and everything that I had to to learn to take the class. What a rewarding experience once I got through that. But it took some courage to try that again. It had been a while, but it was great to be surrounded by like-minded people going through this class. I'm a believer that iron sharpens iron. So someone challenging me to think differently about things, it was good. It was a great experience. That's awesome. That's so good, Stacy. And that's the type of leader you are. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, just because you take on the new thing and you attack it and you learn from it and you've used those to help many people. And I will say that you bringing on not just the Crucial Conversations program, but the other programs that you've allowed people to bring in have helped many people you work with. And I just want to say, I want to honor you as a leader and also a female leader in a male-dominated <laughs> industry. I love that, but I love that you're doing the things you're doing and, and helping and making a difference for people. Thank you so much. And everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of A Shot of Inspiration. If you'll like and subscribe, we would appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on Shot of Inspiration. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Shot of Inspiration. If you like this or any of our other episodes, make sure you rate it and share it with a friend. This is Greg Stevens, and we look forward to being with you next time. Until then, be bold, be courageous, and respectfully speak your truth.